Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of She Speaks Diversity, The Veils of America podcast series. Over the past few weeks, we have been producing episodes in quarantine for you guys to keep yourselves busy. Today, we are continuing on with a Ramadan-inspired series episode by talking with Muslim R&B singer-songwriter from Saudi Arabia, Ru'ya. Ru'ya is our very first international guest who will be releasing her highly anticipated EP this summer. In this episode, we talk about the music scene in Saudi Ru'ya's journey to crafting her own music, and her biggest supporters in her career. Later, we discuss the process behind creating an EP, and Ru'ya sings us a few bars from her favorite songs. Let's get into it. And joined with us today, me and Mahnoor, is Ru'ya, a singer from Saudi Arabia who is releasing an EP. And we are very excited to talk with her. This is our first international guest. So welcome to the show. Hey, how are you guys? Great to be here. Good. How are you? Very, very good. Yeah, I must say, you've chosen a very great timing. You know, it's Ramadan. Spirituality is at its finest. Things are going good, you know. Yeah, yeah. I agree. How's your Ramadan going? Um, pretty good, actually. You know, um, it, it sort of felt like Ramadan before Ramadan actually came in because, like, everybody was quarantined. And usually, you know how Ramadan is like a family-oriented holiday, like, you know, time of the year. I would right. even holiday. It's just like a family-oriented time. So usually you get to spend more time with your family. And we were already spending all of our time with our family. So <laughs> it was like, okay, Ramadan, free Ramadan. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about your family. How many siblings do you have? Um, I'm the eldest of uh, four. Wow, oh, wow. Mashallah. Yeah. Uh, so we're three girls and one boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so where do you guys live in Saudi Arabia? Jeddah. Okay. No, we're on the West Coast. Okay. Okay. Um, I've never been. So tell us about it. I mean, okay. So um, Riyadh is our capital. Jeddah is like the second most, I think the second most important city. Um, of course, we're keeping like Mecca and Medina out of this equation for religious purposes. We're not talking about that. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but like socially, I mean, um, it's like the second most big city or buzzed about city. Um, it's a coastal city. Like I said, West Coast, we're by, we're by the Red Sea. It's my home. I was born and raised here. And I just, you know, it's, it's, it's me in essence, I guess. The streets, the people, everything. I, I like it because it's more laid back than Riyadh because Riyadh is like very governmental oriented because it's a capital. Mm-hmm. We're just more chill. Mm-hmm. Have you ever left? Um, yeah, I mean, I travel. Um, so I've seen the world, but, you know, I like to come back here. This is my home. Even if leaving, this will always be like, this will always be like my grounding point, you know. Mm-hmm. I get that. Where have you traveled to? Um, so I've been around the Middle East, um, been to Egypt and Lebanon, uh, the UAE as well. Um, internationally, I've been to um, the UK, Paris. Um, I've been to Morocco. Um, I've been to the States, West Coast and East Coast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And I plan on, like, doing a few more trips here and there to the States as well. Oh, okay. That sounds amazing. Do you do it mostly for, like, your music tours or, like, just vacation in general? 
Um, so for, okay, so UAE, uh, mostly I do it for music because the music scene in the UAE is a bit more, um, how can I say this? It's a bit more polished. It's a bit more, it's progressing a bit more quicker than it did here, or it's actually moved on. Like it started a bit earlier than it did here. So it's like a bit advanced, a bit more advanced than we are. Um, especially within my genre, which is like R&B, which is English. Um, and the, the international crowd is um, bigger in the UAE. So I go to the UAE mostly for work, um, but the other places I just went for like, you know, family vacations. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, speaking of work, um, how old are you? What's your career like? Tell us a bit about yourself. Um, okay, so I'm 25. Um, currently working on almost getting my master, uh, my sorry, bachelor's degree in graphic design. Ooh, hey, same here. <laughs> I finished up my degree this week, so. Um, I, I still have a year left. My my graduation got postponed by a semester because you know coronavirus. Oh, same. <laughs> it's okay. It happens. Um, <laughs> So I'm work. Um, that's my like degree. Um, I am also a R&B Saudi R&B singer songwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly that's what I do. Right. So. What's the music scene like in Saudi? Um, you think it's non-existent, but actually, we've got a pretty cool music scene. Like I think personally. Okay, yeah, it's still a work in progress um, because it did you know, start up pretty late. Um, but I think for how late we actually started to make a music scene where we, we've, we've accomplished a lot. And right now with, you know, everything that's changing, everything that's happening, entertainment is starting to take um, a bigger, you know, percent of the Saudi's image, I guess you would say. Um, the the music scene is booming because of it it's thriving mm-hmm. i mean the concept of like if you look at it in five years within the past five years we went from no music no live shows no no really uh, no venues no live shows no nothing that really established like acknowledge the arts in any way except for fine arts and now suddenly you have middle beast which is one of the biggest stage like biggest stages in the world it's a guinness record holder as one of the biggest stages in the world um a three-day festival done in the capital for electronic and urban music wow yeah yeah um and you've got big you know like stars big names that are coming internationally here to perform. And this was something that was like, not even, I wouldn't even have like imagined in a million years that would ever happen here. And now all of a sudden, okay, the culture of live shows and performance and music is, is gaining popularity. Now you have venues. Now you have places that want to encourage live music and local talent. I mean, the concept of local talent is still, you know, gently being you know poked but like at least you know the concept is there the door is open right that's really interesting um speaking of 
you know, local talent, you yourself are, are, are categorized, excuse me, mm. as one of those. So can you tell us a little bit about your upcoming project? Um, okay, so I have released one single uh, in December 2018 or 19. I can't remember. It's been so long. Um, but I have released one single. Right now, I'm working on an EP, uh, which is going to be four songs, um, very short little album situation. And um, it's called I Wish You the Best. Oh, okay. Yeah. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, of course. Um, So basically, it's four songs, and it talks about um, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a relationship, basically, Mm -hmm. Um, a very toxic relationship. And you can, in a sense, this project is me finally being comfortable with my own sound and my own voice. When I released uh, my first single, Soldier, I was still trying to figure out sonically as well as in a music orientation where I fit into that category of my genre or who I was as an artist. Um, which is why it took me so long to go from releasing that project to this project because I was, you know, fine tuning and figuring out and start, you know, adjusting. Right. And music is, for me personally, music is always going to be a reflection of my personal life or who or what I'm going through personally. And so, or even or even someone close to me, like sometimes, like in this case and scenario, like with I wish you the best, it was, you know, seeing someone really, really close to me go through what they went through. And that changed me, you know, in a sense, I I saw that pain. I felt that pain because I love that person so much, you know? Right. Um, And so when I came to write, when I came to write and, and produce, I wish you the best, I'd gone through so much changes within the past two years personally, mentally, emotionally, physically, that I finally, you know, I was like, okay, this is me. And this is what I'm going to put out there. I'm going to put myself out there. Um, And so I came up with four songs. Um, Three are in the, like three are in the works right now. And the fourth is still being, you know, cooked up. Um, We have a, we've got trap, we've got old school soul, we've got, um, orchestral ballad you know and in a sense I use like I call I call it a breakup diary okay in a way where you can see the progress this person is making moving on from that situation that broke them that's beautiful yeah so the if you listen to it in sequence you can kind of tell oh okay I see the story that's a work of art right there it's my baby I call it my baby like I've put so much so many like sleepless nights with my producer on zoom (laughs) (laughs) zoom we love zoom (laughs) we all love zoom on zoom just like fine-tuning and you know um just like polishing it to the very best of our abilities because right now I think it's the best time for creatives to just really sink into their craft and, you know, create. Right. 
How did you, how would you say that you gained the courage to get yourself to start producing music? Um, okay, so I don't produce personally, but I do sit with my producer and like hover produce. You know how like there's a, when you're driving and someone's in the passenger seat and they like, you know, just stay above you waiting for you to make a mistake. Yeah, yeah, I get you there. I'm that. I'm that person in the passenger seat, just like hovering over my producer, being like, no, 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 that's not what I wanted. No, 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 no. <laughs> nice. Um, but I do write and um, come up with the melodies for all of my music. So um, I love that hand in hand relationship because when I am sort of hovering over my producer, I get to, first of all, be heavily included into what I'm doing, you know, heavily, heavily involved. And second thing, it makes my job easier when coming up with the melody and coming up with the lyrics because I'm building it from scratch, sort of custom made to me. Okay. Um, think about uh, making a song as, okay, well, this, is a, this is the best way I can describe making music to someone who's not in the industry. You've got two types of music. You've got couture and you've got ready to wear. Define it, please. <laughs> okay. So couture is basically the artist being heavily involved in every aspect of making a track, of making a song. That means uh, being there when the idea is just conceived in, in, in their head, you know, uh, writing, melody, production, post-production, design of like the visuals, design of the, the artwork, um, all of that and their hands on in it. You know, you, you built this thing from scratch, like a couture gown. Right. And then you've got ready to wear, um, which still works and it's still pretty and fine and everything. Um, ready to wear is more along the lines of you have an artist and they'll buy the beat, they'll hire a designer, they will um, hire a writer and all they're, they're, they'll provide is the vocals. Mm-hmm. And that's being the ready to wear is the market right now. Like everybody does it. Um, and having that couture is a privilege that yeah. artists have. And I, you know, alhamdulillah, thank God I'm, I'm blessed with that privilege of being able to be couture and just like hands on and really, you know, polish that, that piece of work, body of work. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and in essence, it's couture and ready to wear. That's awesome. I honestly, that sounds really interesting. I'm really excited to hear um, some more of your work. What do you hope your music does to people when they hear it? Um, I mean, oh god, that is a that is a hard question. Okay, <laughs> it's not hard. It's it's extensive. It's like deep. <laughs> so I write. When I write, it's therapy for me. Um, I've said this before to one of my friends, and I said, I can always, I write, I can only write um, when I'm at my lowest. Mm-hmm. You know? And for me, I feel some sort of comfort or, you know, um, 
I don't know how to explain it. It's like I'm not alone. When I hear a song that, you know, describes exactly how I feel mm-hmm. at a certain point, I don't feel so alone. I don't feel like I'm the only one that's going through this amount of pain or this amount of sadness or this amount of like anxiety or whatever. And so that sense of like, oh, someone else gets it. You know, someone else described how I felt. Not everybody has the privilege or the, the ability to express themselves. Right. And for me, it's for those people who listen and say, oh my God, yes, that's exactly how I feel. She explained it so perfectly. I couldn't even say it, but she did. Oh my God, yes. Mm-hmm. That sense that someone gets is what I want people to get out of my music. It's relatable. It's honest. It's meant to be, you know, just a connecting point to someone with how they feel. So where do you see yourself kind of like moving ahead, like say like the next few years um, as an artist? Like do you see yourself like traveling on tours for music um, or, or releasing like a couple more albums? Um, right. Okay. So this is just like the logical side of my brain talking, but Mm -hmm. I, um, I think right now my main concern and my main goal is to, um, study music. Okay. So since my bachelor's is going to be over very soon, I'm considering a master's degree in music. Okay. Um, and right now, you know, like since the, since Saudi is really taking an interest into that art field, um, they're actually training musicians, preparing them to study music. Um, and I feel like the next step for me is to take my music to the next level. I'm self-taught, you know, I learned all I could myself. I learned what I could from my father. Um, Mm -hmm. So right now I want to I want to add to what I've learned in a more academic and technical way mm-hmm. so that I can do this better. Um and wherever I go I'll still be making music, you know. Um whether mm-hmm. that's here or anywhere else around the world. This is the beauty of like being a musician. All you need is your you know your computer, your mic, your sound card, that's it pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, your instrument if you have an instrument and you can do it anywhere around the world um since that's what i'm doing it here like that's how i'm doing it right now i will be releasing more bodies of work because after working on i wish you the best i'm sort of hungry for more mm-hmm. um even though it's not finished there's like still a complete song that's not done yet um but I'm thinking of the next move, you know, I'm thinking of the next wave. And right now we don't know when this is going to end. <laughs> right. right. And we don't know um, how long people are going to stay home mm-hmm. free and bored. They want content. People want content now and releasing right. content this summer is going to be huge for everybody. Mm-hmm. I agree. Is that, I'm sorry. What were you saying? Because no one has anything to look forward to except for content. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is that when you expect to hopefully release your EP? 
Yeah, I'm actually hopefully expecting to release it within midsummer. Okay. Nice. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. If everything goes like, oh, will there be like a music video like right along with that following? Um, I'm actually considering about making a quarantine music video for okay. one of the songs or a lyric video at least or something like mm-hmm. motion graphic. Because, um, you know, like I, ca- I can't leave. You think quarantine is bad in the States? You should see quarantine in Saudi. Really? Wait, why? Yeah. What's different? Okay, so what's different? Um, we have a 24-hour cur- like curfew, 24 hours. Uh-huh. Um, in this, you cannot leave the city. Okay. The residents of the city, I'm in Jeddah, I can't leave Jeddah. And I can't leave my neighborhood. Wow. Like I'm confined to my neighborhood and all the surrounding areas. So like, you know, you you've got your local pharmacy, your local grocery store, your local mm-hmm. one, da, 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 out in your neighborhood. Yeah, you've got everything you need. No, you don't leave your neighborhood. Wow. <laughs> you, my yeah. dad, my dad actually needs a special permit to go to work because he his work is like really like in a different neighborhood completely. That's mm-hmm. a bit far away. Okay. And if they so happen to find you, oh, and by the way, you can only go out of your house to get the things you need from the grocery store from like 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Do you get fined if you don't? Like if you leave without it being essential? Um, you, you've got those couple of hours, 9 to 3. If you leave after that, you're fined. Whoa. Essential, non-essential, you're fined. How, how big is the fine? At twenty thousand. Whoa! <laughs> right now it's like we're up to twenty. Holy it was ten. We're up to twenty now. Oh my! That's crazy. Yeah, and there could be a prison sentence. Oh my what? gosh! Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, boy. yeah. Okay, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. The, the government, like, you know, I love Saudi. They're really, like, they. They're scared. They're, they're, I wouldn't say scared. They're really they're protecting ex- people, though. Yes. Like, I feel yes. like they're really setting the boundaries. Yeah, we're being extra, extra, extra cautious. Mm-hmm. And I respect that wholeheartedly. This is not a joke, you know? Um, right. I think about it, and I see it from my perspective. Like, I have a four-year-old baby sister. Mm-hmm. You know? I can't risk her getting sick, you know? Right. Right. So this gives you a lot of time to work on your music, then. Yeah, it's been incredible. It's been incredible. Like, I had finals for a while, like, until the beginning of Ramadan. Mm-hmm. And then post-finals, I'm like, I just got free a week ago, and I just took a little mental break for a week. Mm-hmm. Got into, like, the Ramadan spirit with my family because I didn't feel that with all the finals and the stressing. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's relatable. Um, and now I'm just, like, ready to get to work, you know, ready to record, ready to get it mm-hmm. done. And that's the beauty of quarantine. You don't need to look good. You don't right. need to go out. You exactly. Do what you got to do, you know? <laughs> of course. So do you have any musical influences? Um, hmm. Generally, the biggest musical influence in my life is my father. Oh, okay. Even though he... Um, that's how I learned music. Like... I grew up in a household where having an instrument and music playing was the norm. In Saudi, back in 1995, when mm-hmm. I was born, that was not the norm. Like the norm, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so I always grew up with music around me. Mm-hmm. It never came as something weird. Um, my dad is an incredible, like, even though he's not like, he doesn't do it for the fame. He just does it because he just enjoys playing instruments in the comforts of his home, you know, on his couch, mm-hmm. chilling. Uh, he's still an amazing musician, has so much passion for it and a very, very great understanding. The man plays like five instruments and I can barely play the ukulele, you know? Talent <laughs> <laughs> right there. Yeah, it, it, they're big shoes to fill. But I uh-huh. did get better vocals than he did. I will say that much. <laughs> <laughs> so do you play any instruments? I play the guitar and the ukulele. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Self-taught? Yeah. Self-taught. That's, uh, that's my father's belief in with music. It's like, you, you want it? Teach yourself how to do it. Because that's how he learned. He taught himself how to play a wood. Oh, okay. Yeah, and if, if anyone has any idea like about oud, it is a hundred times more difficult than yeah. guitar. Mm-hmm. Because you don't have frets to like count. You just mm-hmm. rely on muscle memory. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, so he plays oud, violin, um, piano. Uh, there's, there's also this like Arabic instrument. It's called a qanun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically like a harp, but you know, that you put on your lap. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got like a bajillion strings. Yeah. And I, I hear him play it and I'm just like, it's mesmerizing. Like it's mesmerizing to watch my father Imagine. play that in, that instrument. Um, so as you can tell, he's a pretty um, Middle Eastern influence within the music. You know, he sings Arabic, he plays Arabic. Um, and mm-hmm. then I came in with the R&B, you know. I'm English. Uh, all English. Your English is amazing, by the way. I got to tell you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Welcome. you. Thank you. I, I credit that to my father as well. Um, so growing up, it was a lot of, I'm going to say some names. I don't know if you all know them, but mm-hmm. growing up, it was a lot of Um Kalthum, Abdel Halim, all of those Egyptian and uh, Middle Eastern, you know, icons. Mm-hmm. And then, aside to that, he would also listen to Bee Gees, ABBA, Lionel Richie, Stevie Wonder, um, Marvin Gaye, um, uh, Bobby Brown, Ray Charles, you know, all of those. Mm-hmm. Um, Etta James, Aretha Franklin. Like, I credit my like, musical diversity to my father. And I just found myself drifting to that like soul and and rhythm and blues and like funk and jazz and like that pop, that all of it, you know, that 80s pop that I think the song that cha- like that forever it was ingrained into my mind as something really, really important was was um, listening to all of the Michael Jackson songs with my dad. Mm-hmm. like that for me was a turning point just listening to like that sort of groove mm-hmm. I don't know it just it was it spoke to me it just spoke to me all of that soul I, I go back and say all of that soul it spoke to me right okay. if you could collaborate with any artist from anywhere in the world who would you want to collaborate with oh god there are so many <laughs> there are just so wise. many just wisely 
<laughs> the choice is yours and yours um, okay so many um i would i would do if like that are alive yes okay now oh, michael jackson uh, i know that sounds really cliche but it's just like nostalgia for me mm-hmm. i would do i definitely mj would definitely be on top of that list um kailani would be on yes. top of as well mm-hmm. um because i, I love that, actually i love her i think she she represents me in so many ways like emotionally she i she gets me um actually ironically enough her song like valentine's day mm-hmm. is what inspired the ep oh okay yeah that sort of what she said in the song sort of inspired the ep because then you look if you're if you hear the lyrics mm-hmm. for like uh the ep um one of the songs says like one of the hooks on the song says i wish you the best even if i don't thought i was your girl but you let me go i can't wish you the best because you went so low i'm switching up the rules gotta let you go and then um another part says like um uh what like <laughs> this is this is the problem with singers we forget it if we don't have the music you know <laughs> <laughs> so like what? what what did they say um or okay So yeah, um it's been playing on my mind when you said that you would be mine that she was on your mind. Like stuff like that, you know? Okay, can And we just give you a clap really quick cuz that was beautiful. Oh I loved it. Your beautiful it was, voice. It was, it was it was a sentence. Like that's not even the whole of it. You should hear the whole thing. I I will boast this song cuz this one, the the part I was just singing was actually the namesake of the of the EP I wish you the best. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um and it's a very nice soul funk head bopping breakup song. Uh, I, I love that's it. That's the best way to describe it. Um it's I I like to play on words. Right. I like to play on words mm-hmm. and so with this entire EP um I've been focusing on that wordplay so even with naming the songs the intro which is the first song is called the one it also talks about the one the person that you know caused the heartbreak mm-hmm. um i wish you the best is sort of a petty in a sense uh, response saying you know i'd wish you the best but that would be me wishing myself for you and i'm just not about that anymore right mm-hmm. um and so also i wish you the best sort of returns to me in an essence where i wish myself the best now mm-hmm. you know moving on from this heartache and trauma i wish myself the best i think that's oh. beautiful yeah. yeah that's powerful it's very strong and bold you know it's like a powerful yeah. message mm-hmm. so you might not it might not be obvious to like the listener Mm-hmm. Um but in a sense the EP is a letter to myself you know saying I wish myself the best going after whatever happened and I explained this like you know the person who inspired like the the, the events of the EP and I was talking to her and I was like listen this is how it is this is this this and this and she's like and she cried she was like okay yeah yeah thank you and I was like okay message delivered all is good moving on right 
Well, Roya, we wish you the best, and we are so excited to hear your new EP this summer, inshallah. We thank you so much for coming thank on today. Thank you guys for having me. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of She Speaks Diversity, the Veils of America podcast series. If you liked what you heard, make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and of course, follow us on our social media at She Speaks Diversity.